You're listening to the e-commerce marketing show presented by Privy. Hey, it's Dave, your second favorite podcast host now that the CEO hosts the amazing daily e-commerce marketing school. But I wanted to just tell you that we're launching a book, if you haven't heard yet, on October 6th. It's called the E-commerce Marketing Handbook. And I'm super pumped about it because we're giving people practical, tactical uh, guidance, instruction. It's going to be a physical book you can put on your desk and mark it up, dog gear it, highlight it, rip pages out, put post-it notes in it. And it's filled with expert advice, not from us at Privy, but from experts. There's 17 experts that helped write the book from Kurt Elster to Vivian Kay to Nick Sharma. All people you've really heard on this podcast. It's, it's amazing. We got to go deeper with them and we're actually writing a book this year, it comes out October 6th. So if you want to see what it takes to scale and grow an e-commerce brand from zero to a million in sales, this book is going to be your playbook. And by the way, we also got the intro from Shopify COO Harley Finkelstein. He wrote the intro for this book. It's it's amazing. Go to privy.com slash book. There's already over 1,500 people on the wait list. You can go there to grab your copy and make sure that you can, can really be the first to know when it's out on October 6th. Okay, I'm back to doing podcasts and other stuff. I'll talk to you later. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of the e-commerce marketing show. My guest today is Charlie McElroy from Goldleaf. Charlie, nice to meet you. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. Thanks for having me. Okay, so what's the backstory? Give me the backstory on Goldleaf and your role and you know how long you've been doing what you're doing. Goldleaf is a little bit of a different bird, I suppose. I started it four years ago, coming out of a different entrepreneurial experience. And this one kind of started as more of a passion project. I wanted to find an outlet for some of my creativity and also kind of work in an industry that I've long been interested in and had plenty of opportunity to kind of grow and improve. That industry is the legal cannabis market. And our company, Goldleaf, definitely requires a little bit of explanation. We never touch the product at all. We're pretty much a print company for the cannabis community. We specialize on education and design. So we kind of marry those two in a very digestible and accessible way. We've long distanced ourselves from any of the stoner culture type of imagery or references. And we take a very minimalist, modern clinical approach to the subjects. And our products are predominantly notebooks and journals, as well as art prints that border on infographics, data visualization, that kind of stuff. The brand is amazing. I'm just on your site right now. I think if you took the cannabis piece out of it, you'd think you guys are like a design company. It's amazing. Do you have a background in design? Like who did the whole brand and everything for all your stuff from the website on down to like the posters and you know pictures and stuff you guys have? So I do have a background in design. I'm the creative director. At least that's the part of the business that I like the most. I've kind of led the brand building and I continue to kind of design probably around 80% of our works. But I definitely partner with skilled illustrators and other designers as different projects come up. And yeah, we try to make cannabis feel normal. We don't want to be heavy-handed with it. So you kind of have to take an extra look at some of our pieces to understand that it is cannabis forward. 
we tend to put like the information and the science up front, hopefully luring people in. And then as you look closer, you kind of understand what we're talking about. I'm really interested to know the business side of this. So you have this business, then what? Can you take me into the whole site? Like I'm assuming you're running on Shopify. Like what did you figure out? How did this go from idea to like, we have a store, we have products, we have, you know, traffic. Like what are the ingredients in that bucket? Yeah. Goldleaf is definitely something that has kind of had to create its own path as we've gone. There are no comparables. Four years later, I still can't find somebody doing exactly what we're doing. So I've kind of had to create as we go and create our own rule book and everything. So we sell on a variety of channels. We have a big B2C and B2B following. So, you know, Goldleaf does a lot of this cannabis education and that is sorely missed in nearly every state in the United States and elsewhere, Canada, places in the EU, et cetera. So that's kind of our specialty. We can create white label products, do collaborations with other experts in the industry, and basically create works that have stories behind them and that kind of can help teach some of these things that are very important to cannabis patients, cultivators, anyone else dealing with the industry. So we started with like our B2C stuff. Our journals are kind of templated and guided. So they're partially educational and partially like an adult coloring book. And we tackle multiple subjects within the space. And each one of these journals kind of had their own road to creation where we iterated on them working with experts in the various fields. So we actually started with our cultivation works and Those were our first products to kind of prove the concept. And we started out with a very basic Shopify site. I'm kind of anal about design. Thankfully, I do have a background in computer science. So I was able to kind of bootstrap our own site to prove the concept and and prove that the approach that Goldleaf takes to this content is something that is interesting to people. So our first year, we've pretty much been profitable since we started. Apart from like the initial investment, we had made that all back and we're in the black within, I guess, about four months of being in business. And yeah, so we've just kind of built up on that. We've added more products to our collections. And worth noting, like cannabis is a very big subject and people who are into it are into it for entirely different reasons. So you have people who are there for the medical side who need help with a condition or an ailment or therapy. And then there are people who are in it for the cultivation side who want to grow their own medicine or grow their own for like culinary activities or whatever it may be. And then thirdly, there are people who just generally enjoy the culture and want to learn a bit more about what makes one cultivar different from another. And maybe they live in a state like Oregon or California where they can go down the street and at any point try 50 different varieties. And they want to, you know, nerd out on it a bit, just like you would a wine or a scotch. So we kind of have products for all three of those micro niches within the cannabis space. And we've kind of slowly built stuff as we've gone and as we've kind of created new partnerships with others in the industry. It seems like from all of your stuff, content has been a huge driver for your business which is interesting because we talk to a lot of e-commerce founders and brands on this show. Mm-hmm. And content's typically the thing that most people struggle with, which is like, hey, the playbook is set up a Shopify store, maybe build an email list, buy some ads on Facebook, and that's how you have to get things going. 
I just punched in your site into Ahrefs, which is like a site that we use for search traffic. And like, there's some real search volume keywords that you guys are all over, you know, terpene wheel, grow journal, outside of your branded stuff, medical marijuana journal. Like, I mean, you have content for all this stuff. It seems like that's been a focus for you since the beginning. Yeah, I put my finger on that early on. I always wanted to experiment with some paid advertising. I really love to kind of get into the weeds with demographics and all that stuff. But we've been kind of kneecapped at Goldleaf and we cannot do digital ads in any meaningful way with any ad partner, Google, Facebook, Pinterest, Amazon. And it's a shame. We get flagged because we're considered a cannabis company that sells something illegal, which we don't. We only sell printed items and information. But I cannot convince the bots otherwise. And if I do push through an ad, you know, obviously you have to change those ads every day or every week to kind of perfect them. And every change would require us to go through that manual process of getting them reapproved. And it was not sustainable. And we do have things on our site that are not cannabis related. We have, for example, a few pens. We sell a lot of art prints. And so we have frames for those art prints. And Facebook ad experts are like, well, why don't you run ads for these pens or the frames? And while we did try it, they still got flagged and we're not a pen and frame company. So we weren't interested in that. Our main avenue to getting traffic was twofold. It was finding ambassadors for the brand via influencers, experts, other brands, and doing partnerships with them with new products. So you mentioned content and that was a big part of it. We can't really stay stagnant with our product lineup just because the science is changing so fast. So even some of our bedrock products, like we have a patient journal for medical cannabis patients. This is used by a lot of physicians as well as just general people who stumble across it on the internet and want to kind of learn about it. They'll pick up a journal and log some of their experiences. But we're iterating on that regularly. We're on our 13th edition of it. And we update it when we get new info back from customers and from other doctors. So we can't just kind of leave any of that stuff out there and have it just kind of stay put. So we always have to promote it via new methods. And that's normally creating new content. So we like to craft stories around everything we produce. So we'll take a topic and we'll partner with you know, a brand or expert and co-release it with them. And then we get to put it in front of their audience. They get to put us in front of their audience. And there's a lot of cross-pollination. Can I ask you to go a layer deeper on that? Because I think that's super interesting. Can you give me an example of like a recent thing that you did and then like how you actually reached out to the brands or influencers, like what the content was, how you came up with it, how you reached out to them? I think people would eat that up. We do a lot of these, like one or two a month. I've got a bevy of examples. I'll just pick one that was pretty successful for us. We did a art print, kind of like data visualization, infographic, but very cool and modern about a concept called decarboxylation. That's basically when you heat up cannabis and change the chemical makeup of the cannabinoids. And that kind of activates it. Now, we wanted to cover this topic because there's tons of search traffic for decarboxylation or decarb or stuff like that. And people want to know what it means and how to do it. So in an attempt to answer those questions and to gain that traffic, we designed a great art print and we paired up with a company called Potley. They make infused honey, olive oil, and other like cooking items. They're based in San Francisco. They've got 
killer visuals. We meshed very well from an aesthetic perspective. So we basically worked with them to create this infographic art print that you can find on our site. Their brand is kind of permanently affixed to the footer as like a co-creator. They have versions of it on their end that they can kind of sell to their audience. And we have versions on our end that we can sell to our audience. And so with this, we had a handful of PR outreach. We did some interviews with them, co-interviews. We had placements in a fair amount of publications in like the culinary space and more local for San Francisco. And so basically, you know, all we did is designed a cool art print and the rest of it was PR and marketing outreach. Finding a brand that has a like mind and has something you can kind of share. And then the output is some great visuals that they did love to post on their social. They look great. So as part of our project, we made the art print, we made Instagram stories, Instagram posts, stuff for Pinterest, and we kind of shared that with all the creators and they all kind of published it. We work with a PR group regularly and they pitched it to a handful of publications. And so that's kind of our pipeline for releasing these like collaborative products, which as I mentioned, is one of our biggest ways to garner traffic and to gain new audiences in all of these like niches. On the traffic side of things, I love that example, by the way, but are you actively looking at keywords? Like, are you at a technical level? Hey, this is a keyword that has 1500 searches a month. We should create content for that. Are you just, hey, this feels like a good topic. We're going to create it. What's the actual process? Yeah, I would love to do the first one there, which I use Uber Suggest all the time. Uh, there's other tools like that. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll punch those in and kind of see how people are framing these questions. But um, the fact is, is that in, in the cannabis world, if we want to be on the bleeding edge, we kind of have to anticipate these trends before they start showing up in Google. Um, so part of that just comes from knowledge of the industry uh, and the other part, just, you know, you can find some stuff in in those tools, but normally the search volume is going to be so much lower than than other industries um, and very localized. Uh, so we, we've got to kind of use both of those together um, to, to make our strategy. Um, you know, we, we, we do know there are terms that are pretty popular, like terpenes. Um, and so we will create content around terpenes to kind of um, garner more of that organic traffic. And, um, you know, in terms of investment, we did invest a fair amount of, of, um, time and effort in perfecting our site for SEO, um, so that we can win those rather, honestly, not that competitive keywords, uh, just because these are very, very new terms, very niche terms. And, um, we're, we're able to grab them by kind of following the strategy of, of having a, a product, uh, tuning our, our headings, um, the alt tags, uh, naming our images, uh, something that is user readable is really important. Um, and then, so it's kind of like a, a, a orchestra of all of these different parts coming together. And then, you know, we get backlinks from uh, something like Forbes, which we've been in repeatedly, um, and, and other like non-cannabis publications. Uh, and that, that's been really great for, for us. And that's one of the reasons why I really believe in, in hiring a PR team is they can, you know, be your boots on the ground and pitch these stories to uh, outlets. And, you know, while getting, getting posts in like high times and cannabis now and stuff is, is fine, 
Um, we're not reaching new people. And frankly, Goldleaf isn't for, you know, longtime cannabis users. It's more for people who are wanting to learn and are new to it. So we love crossing the aisle with those uh, like conventional publications. And that's where our PR team has kind of like uh, hit some home runs with, with getting us placements in those thanks to kind of our content that we create. I love this topic. We just haven't talked about it, which is like you, you have a clear brand, a clear mission. Through that mission, you have a roadmap of like content that you should create. And I, you've talked about it being questioned. Like these are questions that your customers or, or potential audience, forget customers, right? Your potential audience might have. How can you answer those questions? I think a lot of, um, you know, e-commerce brands say typically just focus on, hey, this is our store. This is our storefront. And all we have is product pages here. We're like, it's very clear you guys have built a brand and content is your moat around that. Mm -hmm. And because you focus on great content and answering those questions, you're going to get stories that are pitchable to reporters. You get traffic back to your site. More traffic means more people see you, spread the word. Like it's a, it has that whole trickle down effect. How, how, how do you, how do you with a team, you only have a couple, five, six people who, who creates all the content? Because I think people are going to say, yeah, I get it. I know I got to be doing content. I just, I don't have the time to do it. And so like, Chris, that's yeah. cool, but I, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. We have a really small team, as you mentioned. Um, but one of our um, uh, kind of full-time people is, uh, we call him our, our content czar. Um, but he is, he's going to be writing a lot of our blog posts and doing a lot of our research. Um, the, the other task he does is, is auditing all of our published content for uh, accuracy. So I mentioned things change quickly. If we find out that a terpene like myrcene is no longer considered, you know, X, Y, and Z, we'll have to go through and update a lot of stuff. So he's got a big role, but he is, um, you mentioned like uh, content is important and it totally is. Uh, So he leads the charge with, with the writing. Uh, And we have team meetings where we kind of figure out what the plan is, like what's next, um, and, and it all starts with kind of like um, a product concept. So here's another example. Um, there, there's this growing trend of using cannabis with sex. Um, and this was something that is relatively new to me. Um, and I didn't realize like how fast it was growing and how big of a, of a community was, there was around it. But uh, from a medical standpoint, it's very helpful for people dealing with physical or emotional conditions. Um, and then from a, you know, just general wellness standpoint, people just enjoy it. So um, we were getting questions about like, hey, do you have any uh, education or information about this subject? And the answer was no. So we looked into it and we decided to partner with the two biggest experts on this in the United States. Um, uh, Sophie St. Thomas, who's, a, who's an author, and then uh, the chief science officer at Foria, uh, which is another cannabis brand. And we created a journal uh, around this. It took us a long time um, to kind of uh, vet, the, vet everything. And the, the outcome was really cool. And the, the, the promotion of it was even, was probably like the, the pinnacle of what, what it was. Um, we were able to, to place it in front of like totally new audiences, a whole new host of influencers, and we had everything queued up for them. We had images, uh, we had like a press release that had like a, like, what is this product? Who, who did it? Who's it for? Um, all of those good questions answered. Um, like I said, photos, um, 
and basically, we would send this out to the influencers, to the press, and they would kind of run with it. Um, and so we continue to get uh, a, like really interesting um, stories published. Um, and the, the authors are doing podcasts and other interviews about it. Um, since they're the experts, I, I wanted them to kind of lead, lead the charge there. But um, yeah, I, I think the secret sauce there is doing your homework for the writers. Like uh, any, any like um, magazines or, or publications are probably strapped for cash and they probably don't have a lot of like um, journalists that they pay. Uh, they're, they're probably working with a lot of contributors. Uh, and if you, if you kind of give them something that's turnkey and ready-made, they could publish it as is, or they could just put their own voice on it. And basically they have a finished piece with uh, 80% less effort. And surprisingly, like people are very responsive to that approach. So if, if you're publishing a new product or you have a new uh, story or question that you're answering with your, your product, uh, maybe a different marketing tactic, and you kind of put together a press release that has all the stuff they'll need, um, links, photos, uh, blurbs about it. Um, I, I would say that the chances of getting, um, getting press out of it is, is so much more likely than if you're just telling them to, to do a job that you're essentially maybe not paying for. Um, and, uh, you know, worth noting, like we, we almost never pay for press. Uh, we, we get all of it organically through that process that I just mentioned. Um, or because like our stories are interesting and it's a little bit different of an arc for the cannabis space um, that people want to talk about it. Love it. Okay. I want to, I want to, I want to wrap up with a question. What, what advice would you have for the benefits of building this organic traffic machine are, are amazing. What advice would you have for uh, newer entrepreneurs about, Hey, here's why you should focus on organic traffic and, mm -hmm. and, and how to do it. Yeah. Um, I, my advice would be to focus on organic traffic um, simply because it, it can't be taken away from you as quickly as something like an Instagram following or um, you know, Facebook tweaking what their rules are, um, Amazon tweaking how they, uh, how they handle things, um, with their ads. And, uh, just like owning your own mailing list, um, it, it's something that you can kind of, uh, keep with you and it's transferable, uh, if you were to move on or something. Um, but yeah, it, it's worth the investment. You won't normally see returns immediately, but, uh, as you mentioned, Dave, like, it just, it's a trickle. It slowly grows and grows and grows and grows. And now we're four years in and we've got a, a really great like domain authority score. Um, we get a lot of traffic for um, kind of, in our opinion, high value keywords within our industry. Um, we've got some killer backlinks from a lot of brands. And, and that's just like the slow hum of doing our homework with um, this organic outreach and making sure that our website is tuned for SEO making sure we have our schema markup and our open graph markup uh, in place. And most importantly, that we don't have any technical red flags that a search engine would be turned off by, like, you know, your SSL certificate or um, any other security vulnerability. You know, you've got your, um, your language tags in place. Um, you want to make sure that you're not, like, getting dinged on anything that's easily fixed. And once you have those, like, bones in place, then you get to do the fun stuff, which is focusing on content and answering the questions that people are searching for um, and 
kind of writing stuff uh, as if you're um, you're speaking to those audiences, how they would you know be typing into uh, Google. I love what you said about organic, by the way, because stuff that you created four years ago is still paying off for you today, like the compound compounding, right? If somebody's not as technical as you are and they are listening to that part going schema markup, you know, technical SEO stuff, I, I don't know how to do that. That's a strength of yours, but how should I go and think about that if that's not a strength of mine? Is there like a plugin I can use or like how do you actually do that with your site? Yeah. Um, for the most part, there's always going to be a plugin for this stuff, whether you're on WordPress with WooCommerce or Shopify or anything else. Um, w- with Shopify, I really like uh, this plugin called. Um, JSON LD for SEO. Um, it's a one-time fee instead of like that constant ongoing um, uh, subscription, which is great. And um, it's always updated by the developers as Google shifts their algorithms, which they do a couple times a year. So really it's just you buy the plugin, install it, and then make sure that your, your product pages are well-written, well-built. And it's going to just pull the good stuff that you've spent time with on the front end and make it more readable on the back end. So I'd recommend that plugin for Shopify. For WordPress, um, there's a whole host uh, like um, All-in-One SEO uh, and I think Yoast does an okay job. I, I prefer the the um, former, but uh, they'll, they'll all kind of input that schema markup, the open graph markup, um, uh, into your code so that your, your site just looks better to search engines and to social channels. Good. Okay. That makes it easy. There's a plugin for that. Um, Charlie, this was awesome. I appreciate you coming on to talk a little bit about, uh, growing organic traffic and, and SEO. If people want to go check more of your site out, go to uh, shopgoldleaf.com. The site is amazing by the way. Um, even if you're not in the cannabis industry, like you could use this site as inspiration for yours, which is one of the most important things to do in marketing is find stuff that you like and then, and then go make it. Um, Charlie, thanks again for doing it. This will be really helpful for our listeners. and I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for listening to another episode of the e-commerce marketing show. If you like the show, like the content, especially if you're in e-commerce, have a Shopify store and you're selling things online, Shopify, big commerce, whatever you're using out there to grow your business. I want you to go to privy.com slash join. That's one place to get all of the content that we're putting out here, including the podcast, masterclass Q&As with experts, website teardowns, email teardowns, and all of the content from our blog twice a week. Go check it out, privy.com slash join.